All right, thank you for joining the ESBC Sports Betting NFL Podcast, which is the purpose of the podcast. I always like to say it is to make right, me personally uh, money. NFL Podcast. To try to turn this the off. There we go. Live stream on Facebook, which you can listen to. And we also are live on Twitter until they kick us off. For whatever reason, somebody will complain. But it's to make me personally money. And the reason I say that is that we get lied to by everyone, by our parents about the Easter money and Santa Claus, neither of which exists. And then it goes on from there. We get misled, right? Uh, ESPN is supposed to report on the NFL, even though they have a big contract, not be part of the NFL. Like Kellyanne Conway was part of the Trump campaign White House. That's what Adam Chesner is. Uh, you know, Colin Cowherd is a PR rep for the sports league working for Cox. We're not like that. We report what we see, right? And the purpose is to make money. So the more we have a heightened level of awareness watching the games because money is being paid. And now as someone who's made uh, good enough money. So my wife has bought gasoline for 13 consecutive years off sports betting. She just bought $3,000 tickets to see our in-laws in, uh, you know, the argument's over. Oh, honey, do you love me? Well, yeah, we just spent $3,000 for the betting money. It goes here in, law, in, the, in the armpit of the United States state called Florida. So if I'm listening to a podcast, I want to listen to a guy who's putting money on every game. He's putting $1,000 on every single game and you figure out what the heck is going on. From We all have biased perspectives, but the least biased perspective you can have, a guy who's educated, has an MBA, has securities licenses, I have wealthy clients. So you learn about the NFL of all things from those experiences, right? So those are the purpose, purpose of the outcome. Give information you can't hear anywhere else, uh, information that you're not compromised or owe anybody, all right? We don't, but we do talk to NFL players and we do talk to family of NFL players, uh, but 
we're the type of people who like others who aren't ass kissers or brown nosers, right? That's why I'm very fortunate to own three businesses where I can fire myself at night and rehire myself in the morning. I don't have to kiss anybody's ass other than maybe my wife every once in a while and the tax collector or the cops. But other than that, nobody else, right? So what is the outcome? The outcome is we got 10 times more money, right? Than when you started with. So not only do we teach you the ins and outs of sports betting, we teach you business, finance, uh, we teach you winning really. And we give you a process, a philosophy. Pete Carroll in his book, Win Forever says, every guy, every business has to have an underlying philosophy to it to give it a long-term uh, view of success. And that's what we give you here in this podcast. Part of that, tell it to every business guy. Uh, Goodell maybe can learn from this. Uh, Gruden can learn from this. La Alec Baldwin can learn from this. If you think you're the smartest, toughest person in the room, you are in the wrong room. So we got two people here who are a lot smarter, tougher than I am. We collaborate on picks. And again, give me results. Had that talk today. Never give unsolicited advice, but somebody asked me for advice. And I said, listen, yes, it's great. You work hard. You have to do the process, but you got to get results. doesn't matter how hard you want. You got to get results. You have to have money in the bank. This is, a, this is the richest country that ever existed. So you have a limited amount of excuses. So yes, you work hard, but analyze the hard work you did so you get results. What has been the results? Seven weeks of the NFL season, seven weeks of profit, of money made. And every year is different, even though we had 18 weeks of profit before that, that was a different year. Wouldn't have not done it this year without Scott, Cope in New England, and without Shad, Nolan, here in Southern California. So thanks guys for helping me out. Anytime, Josh, anytime. I mean, uh, I look forward to this. The Hawthorne Effect pod was great yesterday. Being right. my first time on there. Um, you know, and I look forward to this every every Wednesday night. So looking forward to another profitable week and uh, seeing if we can get the percentages up a little bit. Right, because we, you want to get between 52.5% and 70 to 80% for the year, we're at 62%. Uh, this is as low as, as I've been, but two years on the podcast have been 64, 65. Tailing in at the last end of the season, uh, it seems like this is going to be the opposite. We go up at the end, which would be very interesting, and get as close to 80% as possible because improbability theory, which is close to being a law in math, Half is knowing who the players are, who's going to win. The other half is math. Improbability theory, which is using decision science used by the Fortune 500 companies. The highest level of probability you can get is 80%. Another reason I'm doing the podcast is I hate, oh, there's a 100% lock. Send me all your money, mortgage out your house, and bet this game because it's a lock. There's no such thing as a lock. A lock is in the same family with the Easter Bunny and Santa Claus, right? It's the big lie. Every time I hear the big lie, and they were like, "This other big lie, other than the big lie, everybody else is talking about." And what popped in my head? The big lie. Oh, this is a lock. I got this parlay lock. I'm like, "Come on, it doesn't exist." 
right? So here in this podcast, there are no locks. There's the highest level of probability based on our perception, right? And our perception is at 100%, right? Do, uh, well, there, is one, there is one lock. Right. The money line of the week. But the money line of the week is 7-0. And, and uh, what I love about the money line, yeah, it's what the Kardashians are supposed to be. And we do that here. Unscripted, live, reality TV. We don't talk about our, our picks beforehand, very rarely. If at all, we talk about this and that. And we spontaneously, on the podcast, have been 7-0. And now we're going to call it the money line pick of the week. Very exciting. And involving dogs. So that means that even though we're at 62.5% in, in numbers-wise, the percentage actually is a little bit higher. So, Chad, what are your initial thoughts tonight? Thank you so much. Yeah, man, happy to be here, you know. Um, we, uh, you know, you guys help me out just as much as I help you out. And I, I love that we all, you know, it's authentic. Like you said, we, uh, we all come, come to our final picks here on the podcast. You kind of can see us, you know, that we all have about 60, 70% already done, but, you know, we kind of formulate the very last uh, bit of our card here with each other's opinions and in what, what everyone else is thinking, to try to get a, you know, the best grasp of the game that we can. No, hundred percent. And I heard it again this week, uh, the Chinese, right? They say communism is better than capitalists. We're better than the Americans because Americans are always competing each, with each other and they can't work or collaborate with each other. I'm like, oh, you never, you never been sports betting and done well, and people see you shack, uh, catch tickets. That gives them a free license to come up to you, and just <laughs> start talking, right? And you share information, and that's the beauty of sports betting is that it's a collaborative effort. And it's really like, hey, you have those experiences in the U.S. You go to a, a tailgate in the South, right? Immediately, boy, right? You think they're racist or something, calling you boy. Boy, you don't have a hot dog or a beer in your hand. Here you go, <laughs> right? That's the America I know, right? You don't need to change the history of that. That's what I know, right? And, and sports betting is kind of analogous to that because you're in the casino, you're doing well. And some random people you don't know gives you a high five and gives you a bunch of drink tickets, right? Can't tell how many times that's happened. Drink tickets for free. Uh, drinks you have. You don't know these people. But some people are observational people, people watching. And what do they see, right? Success, parlays on success. How about that for a parlay? They see you catching tickets. You walk by, they give you high fives and free drink tickets. <laughs> So another way that that having a high percentage betting games, right, brings value, capitalism, right? So it's good. It's good and bad. I choose to focus on the good. So we got your Green Bay Packers going to the Arizona Cardinals, the hot Arizona Cardinals in Clingsbury. One of the reasons I love Clingsbury was because uh, – Quentin Flowers in the Ernest Johnson in the Birmingham Bowl against Texas Tech. Clingsbury was a coach. He got out coached by all people, Charlie Strong, and we beat him. Next thing I know, I'm like, man, this is a clown. He gets fired and he, uh, I learned this term, right? Um, failed forward. So he fails forward. <laughs> 
to becoming uh, getting four million dollars a year and becoming the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. Goes to Arizona after having four years at Texas Tech without a winning record in his first two years. He did not have a winning record at Arizona. Now he is what seven and zero. And yeah, and they played. They beat Houston last week, playing vanilla. They have a lot of talent. They have DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins almost has never been not in the playoffs. And Houston hasn't been in the playoffs without him. He really is a difference maker. He reminds me of Randy Moss, Megatron, Julio Jones. When you just throw it, throw it in his vicinity, he snatched And whenever the team's in third and long or whatever, need a touchdown. Uh, Buffalo fans are still sending me messages upset about the Hail Mary he caught to beat him. <laughs> was that last year or whatever? So uh, they're minus seven over under is 50. What are your thoughts, Scott? Wow, Green Bay is, uh, I don't know when they're going to throw the ball this week. They got no Devontae. They got no Lazard because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, I did read today that they're 6-0 and under the floor when Devontae doesn't play. And there's no rhyme or reason as to what they do when he doesn't play a game. It's Aaron Jones. Rodgers throw, just dis- distributes the ball all over the place. Right. Um, short week. They didn't really run the ball well last week, and I think that was a planned uh, planned move for this game coming up. I think Green Bay is is gung-ho about going into Arizona and winning this game. Um, I'm going to take Green Bay with the points. And I'm going to say it's going to go under because Green Bay's tempo on offense is very slow. And I think that's what you're going to see Thursday night. There's a, a, a team that runs the play clock down to under five consistently. Um, you know, swing passes out to Aaron Jones, runs the ball, takes the, takes the air out of the ball, doesn't want that that air raid offense to get on the field right. and get a, get a tempo going. Right. So – I think Green Bay is going to keep this close. I don't know if they can win the game, but they're going to they're going to keep it close, and it's going to be the under. It's going to be like a twenty four twenty one game. I can't see it being much more than that. So, right. um, that's what I would go with. You got Green Bay. Uh, Rogers wants to be on Jeopardy, right? Wants to be on Jeopardy. A lot of what he was saying this year was for publicity. Thinks he has an acting career, you know. Uh, good for them trying to do something outside of football. But I am going to go with Arizona minus seven because I think this is going to be one of those Green Bay games where they tank on the road. They seem to do that. They did that to begin the season against the Saints in Jacksonville. That was a total uh, tank job. They, they didn't do anything. Uh, so I think it's, it's that way. That's why they're holding those guys out. That was a division game at home. I think all those guys would be playing. Uh, and again, uh, LaFleur comes out of that. Zach Taylor, Andy Reid, Stefanoski, John Gruden, Greg Olson, they all got that same philosophy. And that's one of the reasons we get such a high percentage betting all the games, all the over and unders, because a lot they're the same team. I hate to say this, but the Rams, Green Bay, Cincinnati, they're all the same team. Kansas City, Oakland, that's five teams with the same exact philosophy. 
right? Uh, and they don't deviate from it. The same family. So they're, they're holding out starters for an away game on a short week. Uh, Arizona has kind of the advantage with that. And then the other part that I feel uh, will give it uh, Arizona an advantage, maybe not long-term, but in the short term it does, is that at the second half of the second quarter, in the second half of the third quarter, and on the fourth quarter, Arizona's running tempo. So with Green Bay holding people out, they're not going to have the depth on defense they would normally have. Now, Scott's right. Green Bay knows that. So they're going to limit Arizona's possessions, right? So it doesn't get under. I'm going to buy the half a point because I bet every game, $1,000 a game. And when you do that, uh, for risk management reasons, you buy points as long as it makes sense, as long as you're not getting price gouged for half a point. That's why you have multiple accounts in multiple places. Yeah, and the other thing I think with, with this game is this is an Aaron Rodgers type of game. This is, okay, I don't have my top weapon. I don't have my second weapon. Let me go out and show you guys what I can do as a quarterback. And right. he, he leads Green Bay to a win, an un, unthinkable win. So that's that's what I'm thinking also is that this is the – I'm showing everybody who I am. So, yeah, he wants those endorsements and he wants those the commercials and all the hype afterwards. I just think that uh, Joe Barry being who he is, they have uh, more weapons, right? With AJ Green, DeAndre Hopkins, and Rondell Moore. Rondell Moore used to just carry Purdue. It was Rondell Moore to the left, Rondell Moore to the right. <laughs> it's Rondell Moore, okay. All right. So break the tie. People love those consensus picks. What was the consensus? Uh, this one I felt I got a lot of pressure on this one. This one is <laughs> you don't have to answer now. You can answer later. So the messages man, that... from all those people. What is the what did Chad end up choosing? <laughs> under 50, 50 and a half looks good. I like that under. Um, right, we all agree on that. Green Bay is gonna take the air out of the ball. Man, I just I lose money betting against Arizona every week. <laughs> I believe right now they're six and one against the spread. Right. They're seven and oh, and they're six and one against the spread. Right. You would think return to the mean would tell you six and one, you know, six and two here might, you know, um, to go that Packers round. I mean, you're not going to get the Packers with a touchdown um, the rest of the year. I mean, that they're, they're not going to be touchdown underdogs for I mean, I don't think – I don't know how many times Aaron Rodgers has even been a touchdown underdog in his career. Um, man, man, I, I was really – before this, I was going Packers to my pregame and listening to Josh talking about them week one against the Saints and how vanilla they were um, and, and, and it being a short week this week. Oh, I think I'm going to have to go – I'm going to switch my pick, my initial pick, and I'm going to go with the Cardinals, minus six and a half. Well, the consensus – can't believe I'm, I'm doing it, but I am. <laughs> is uh, Arizona, right? Arizona, 0.645. Now, analysts is not working football. Uh, so many reasons why people can look at it. I'll put it in the episode notes why I say that. On a, on a professional level, what key statistics do 
but you don't bet them blindly. You kind of look at them and you go with 80% again. Uh, 80% of the favorites cover on Thursday night. So Arizona's in this position. Arizona's got a hot team and Green Bay is known for tanking. So uh, tanking games outside of the division on the road. Let me preface that. So you got, that's the philosophy of Andy Reid, who is the godfather of the family. Just want to look at it that way. <laughs> you know, everything comes down from him and they all uh, call the same plays and act the same. This is the six degree, six degrees of Andy Reid, by the way. <laughs> right, right. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm gonna post that. I have, I actually have that uh, bubble screen. <laughs> We're gonna post that. <laughs> the six degrees of uh, Andy Reid, and I do send Andy Reid a, uh, a thank you card, Christmas card every year, thanking him for always losing in the playoffs <laughs> and always helping me buy Christmas <laughs> presents. Right. So maybe I'll switch it up when I see Andy Reid. I'll go one. One, right? Like they do it with uh, Kevin Bacon. So Kevin Bacon goes on the subway, everybody's screaming at him, one, one, I'm one degree away. <laughs> All right. Buffalo. All right. You guys are going to know. Uh, I'm such a loudmouth and repeat myself, but I repeat myself because it's, I feel some people don't get it sometimes. That's why I repeat it. <laughs> but uh, you guys, you guys predict what I'm going to pick, and then you guys predict the pick. Uh, Miami on the road at Buffalo after getting blown out by Buffalo at home uh, uh, plus 15 over under 49 and of course 80% of double digit dogs in the division cover right I think this year's like 2-1 and one. But this year's still in the money 66% Hey, Josh, you can go Miami in the under. That's exactly what you're going. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. You're Miami Dolphins. Plus, just, what? There's a caveat with this. This reminds me early in the season. It was, I don't know. Uh, I got to see who uh, Buffalo was playing. But this this line like this ended up being like 21. Houston. So, they beat Houston. They shut Houston up. That was the other one. Right. Yeah. Right. Houston's in the same conference, not the same division. But it was the same concept. I, I can't imagine Houston not covering 22 points, even though Jeff Cometry told me they weren't in April. <laughs> he made it clear he was going to cover 22 points. So I should have listened. Yeah. You know, not to do is not to know. I did not execute. Right? So I've been reading a lot about Miami. <laughs> Probably too much. <laughs> right? Uh, so I feel that Miami... It's going to cover that, plus 15 on the 49. What do you say, Chad? I'm all over with you. Dolphins plus the 15 and, and under 49 and a half. I think, uh, you know, and the fact they already played, they already got their butts beat. I don't think that's going to happen. They don't get, they're not going to get blown out twice in the same year. Um, I mean, that's opposite end of two touchdowns. Right. Yeah, I like it. I like the Dolphins here, double-digit division dog. I'll take them. Right. Yeah. He's giving him that speech and, you know, translate it again, right? So uh, plus 15 means whatever the number is at kickoff because I'm anticipating the market. People have gotten rich taking advantage of 
market inefficiencies. I'll put that link to the man who made $39 billion off of market inefficiencies. And that was given to me by a podcast listener who owns in brokerage. He's like, oh, you need to read this link. The guy who made $39 billion with a B of taking advantage of market inefficiency. So we're going to say this is an inefficient market. So what an inefficient market means, which is what happened today in my business life, where uh, efficient market says that the market is rational, right? Now, COVID-19 and other people stealing toilet paper, right? We know that human beings are not rational, which is in a book back there, predictably irrational, right? So since this is irrational market, uh, over-exuberant, I expect this line could even be 22. But Miami's a lot stronger team than Houston is. Uh, Tua's a better quarterback than Davis Mills, right? People are going to be all hyped up, you know, stressed from work, going to the Foxwoods and dumping a lot of money on Buffalo to cover a big number, skyrocketing that line. And then uh, 49 and a half really means 50, under 50. By that half point, because his teams are, are like this, right? And the under game, because McDermott and uh, the coach of Miami are both defensive zone type guys. And again, seven degrees of Andy Reid. McDermott also coached for Andy Reid, who instead of trying to blow teams out, he runs the ball out. Get, get him out of here, right? The, Business men think short-term. Business men and women think long-term. So by limiting, playing zone, by running out the clock with lead instead of trying to score again, that limits the amount of time your defense is on the field to have their legs in playoff games. Another team that I've been reading too much about, it's been the Carolina Panthers and the Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta's at home, right? Am I right with that? Yeah. Yep. Uh, yep. Yep. So Atlanta's at home, three point favorites, and the over under is 46. What do you think, Scott? Atlanta's on a nice little roll here. I mean, they found their stride on offense. Defensively, they're not there yet. Um, but I don't know what to deal with Carolina. They just went into New Jersey last week and just didn't show up for whatever reason. Um, so I'm I'm gonna take the Falcons, and I'm going to take the under because I don't know if Carolina has figured out their offensive problems, and I think it I think this this could actually be a two touchdown win for Atlanta. I think Atlanta's got weapons all across the board, and if they play any type of defense at all, I don't see Carolina um, competing with them. Donald's just not a good quarterback right now. He's he's going toward a backup career backup quarterback in the NFL. And that that's a lot to say for, for a round, a number one pick from the Jets, but that's where it's going. So I like Atlanta and I like the under. I, I agree. I mean, thinking again, way too much about this, but again, it, it gets my mind away from my other businesses. Uh, I never saw, cause he knew he screwed up. Uh, Ryan last week against my he knew he I never seen him that emotional. He was screaming at it. I think he knows this is the end because his body doesn't seem right. He knows this is the end. 
This means a lot to him. It means a lot to Arthur Blank. And really, you really got to throw that in there because uh, Arthur Blank is going through a divorce. And after the game, just look at the evidence, right? What we know, right? Because we look at what we know, we take our life experience, what we know, and then we kind of extrapolate it out to get a highest level of probability of our perception, right? Of what we predict is going to be an outcome we can monetize. So Arthur Blank comes out and says, flat out, Ryan is better than Tom Brady. F Tom Brady. He's better than him. He's gotten, he hasn't gotten his thing. And, and, and then Ryan's real emotional. And I think of Ryan Sandberg, right? Ryan Sandberg told the Cubs not to pay him until his divorce was over. Maybe, right? <laughs> you want to get this divorce finalized so Ryan can, in his last year, get the value of the franchise up for what Blank paid for, right? These guys think this way. So you bring in a Carolina team that now I'm going to start taking my own device and start putting money against analytics teams. They go 100% analytics and say technical analysis. I'm going to let my technical analysis make my decision for me. That's why I hate it. They want, they want robots to take over. They want driverless cars, right? I don't like driverless cars. If they can hack into the computer, why can't they hack into the car? I don't know. It's about my head. But I don't think you can run a football team that way. Carolina, uh, let me look at the record against the spread this year. But overall, they're like, like 9-20, right? And against the spread, they're really bad. Uh, Cleveland's like that. And Cleveland's record was horrible. They kind of improved last year. But again, that's that number again. I have that book back there, 80-20. I'm around 80% betting against analytics seems not that easy. That number is skewed by my Patricia. <laughs> well, I don't think he even knew what analytics was. They just told him, right? Uh, and I know what that pencil's for, for getting coffee orders <laughs> from Belgium. <laughs> He's the assistant to the head coach, <laughs> which means coffee in New England. So I'm betting against it, analytics teams. I'm betting against Tepper. Nobody's ever gotten rich using technical analysis. And now technical analysis is making his team look horrible. Now there's questions about Brady, the offense coordinator. Is he just a, a high school uh, college guy? Because he only had one good year at LSU. And how hard is it to have a good year with Jamar Chase, with uh, Geis, and Burrow, and, and all first rounders on the offensive line, right? I could be a good college coach too. <laughs> Calling plays with all that talent. Oh, let's go to Chase on this, right? Oh, great call, play call. <laughs> we're going to roll out Burrow, right? Play action pass with Gase, and we're going to throw it to Chase. All right. <laughs> great call, coach. <laughs> now he's in Carolina. It's a disaster. So for that reason, and then Mercedes, you know, that that stadium is less than five years old. And you say, oh, conspiracy theories. Well, what about conspiracy theories that put money in your pocket? That whole year, based on the fact that they had a new state in the Mercedes Dome, I was uh, close to 90% on Atlanta Falcons bets. So in the Mercedes Dome, I like Atlanta Falcons. Again, they are a dysfunctional team, a team you cannot rely on. So we're going to go money line 
Uh, Atlanta as a favorite. And I say under 46 because I think uh, because they have major dysfunctional issues. It's like you think, okay, this person has problems so they can come to work, but no, that girl's going through some DV. Her boyfriend's beating over her boyfriend has a gun. Her boyfriend's a gangster. Oh, yeah. They're so dysfunctional that they you don't even want them at work, right? Or the, you know, they got a cold that's gonna get everybody sick at the job. So there's no way you should let this person come to work. That's where the Carolina painters are right now, with a crazy owner, uh, really a college coach who only had really a couple, two years. He coached 10 years as the head coach at Temple and Baylor, had two good years, right? Now he's in the NFL, and he's only won a third of his games, much less covered. So you, there's no logical way you can go against uh, or for Carolina, even for Atlanta again. But prefacing that, what do you think, Chad? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't get myself to to back Carolina right now. Um, I think Falcons are turning a little corner. I think the Falcons could win this game going away. It's in the division, so I definitely like the under here. Yeah, um, being a division game. Right. Only way that I mean, the only way this gets over is some type of late score and turnover. You know, Darnold not taking care of the ball and gives you know easy scores to uh, to the Falcons. But based off. The, Fal- the Panthers offensively and this being a division game. Uh, yeah, I like I like the Falcons minus three here and uh, under the 46. 100% agreement. 100%. Atlanta uh, minus three or the money line under 46. Another team that's falling apart. One thing I wanted to notice because the NFL is getting a lot more like the NBA. The team's tanking. We're using analytics to tank so they can get higher picks. Um, Again, bad management, right? Simple things. When I started working, old, older Jewish gentleman, independently wealthy, but he had to work because his doctor said he was having a heart attack watching CNBC all day. <laughs> the stock market day, you got to say, he came to work. Learned a lot of wisdom lessons from him. First lesson he's taught me was loose lips sink ships. So whoever had the loose lips sinking that ship about the trades they were going to make, uh, Deshaun Watson, uh, what they really felt about Jalen Hurts. Uh, we talked yesterday podcast. We talked about a lot about Jalen Hurts. Detroit has been a good dog, including last week, the week before, uh, the wheels came off. But they're playing Philadelphia on a losing streak. Philadelphia favored by three and a half, four points. The over under is forty eight. And again, it's emotional because I see that with uh, Darnold and I see that with golf young guys who lack mental toughness. So there's a difference between somebody like Chance, uh, Chad's brother, who works for something and gets a spot, or somebody who's been given a spot their whole life. When things go south, they really go south. So is golf going to come back, get a bounce back game? And cover four points, lose by a field goal like they usually do, and keep it under 48? Or are the Eagles going to have some sort of resertion? Satriani, whoever he is, I think of the guitarist. <laughs> Joe Satriani, what this guy reminds me of. Uh, is he going to rally the troops and get Philadelphia to go to Detroit and bounce back after an easy cover for us, not doing so well against the Las Vegas Raiders in their new stadium? 
What do you think, Chad? Uh, yeah, I like I like the Lions here. Uh, I think. I mean, over that key number three and a half, um, the Eagles just have not been impressive. Uh, I think both teams offensively are pretty unimpressive. Um, I, 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 I like this game to be kind of a, a close, hard-fought game. I think it's winner wins it by a field goal, and it'll come in under that 48. Yes. And then with uh, Tomlin, what happened with Tomlin this week? Uh thinking about that both teams have really it's going to be in this especially in the beginning of the game, the battle of the scripts, right? So uh, Anthony Lynn has a chip on his shoulder coming in this game. He did a really good job uh, last week. Uh, let's see if he can follow it up this week. What do you think about this game, Scott? Two things with Philadelphia that really stick out to me. One is Hertz doesn't, his production is a fourth quarter production quarterback only. Right. He struggles for whatever reason, the first three quarters. And all of a sudden in the fourth quarter, he says, Oh, I figured it out. By that time, the Eagles are down so far that they, they can't come back and win the game. Right. My second thought is, is Sirianni really ready to be an NFL head coach? Is, is he ready? And My he's answer is no. He's a play caller too, right? Yeah. I believe yeah. he's calling all the plays for Philadelphia. He, he is. He is. So um, I think he's overmatched in a lot of these games. I don't think he's ready. He's trying to throw the ball 40 times, and that's not Hurts' game um, every week. I, I think the Lions can keep this game really, really close. I think they'll be in the lead going into the fourth quarter. I don't know if they'll, they'll pull it out, but I think they'll have the lead going into the fourth quarter. Um, this is one of those built-in games that Detroit can win. Right. Um, so I'm going to say the game goes under. And I'm going to take the Lions with the points. I think it's going to be a really close game. I could see a one-point game very easily either way in this. So yeah. And if it wasn't the Lions, this might be the money line pick of the week. Yeah, I'm. I was tempted to do it. I just couldn't. We're not. We're not going to break our streak on the Lions. Right. Right. (laughs) You didn't even think about the streak, right? Because we got we got the streak. Not thinking about. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Right. So, Satriani, in 2012, he coached for those Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, last two years, he coached for the Indianapolis Colts, whose godfather, whose mentor, the guy who taught him everything, Frank Reich, right? It's a big Andy Reid guy. And, uh, and, and the problem is Howie Roseman, right? He's just one of those backstabbing guys. We get the job, and everybody says, oh, yeah, the backstabber. And this place is Howie Rose. You can't trust them. And they're saying that his lack of sleep slipped out, loose lips sink ships. And I'm thinking, you know, it's body language, especially when you're getting old as my age. I was watching, uh, you know, the games last week, and Satiani was yelling at the refs and whatever. I was laughing. <laughs> I was like, this guy does not convince me his body language of, like, a, a legit head coach. So we're going Detroit plus four. Because you cannot trust a family member that asks you for 20 bucks, right? All the time. And you don't give it, you don't let him borrow. You just give it to him. You love him. He's family. You love her. She's family. And she's late for Thanksgiving dinner. We can't bet on her to be on time for, you know, Thanksgiving dinner or whatever, right? She loves her kids. She does everything perfect for her kids. 
But outside of that, it's a disaster. So you don't uh, you don't mess around. You don't take risk with that. So it's plus four under the 48 points. And I, I might try to get a bet in now on this game because I, I can right. see this game definitely going under three um, toward kickoff. Right. Yeah. So big time. Big time. Uh, Titans at the aforementioned Frank Wright. What a great coach he is. Last week was total great coaching. I'll coach a guy who's a good coach himself in yeah. uh, Shanahan. Uh, they played that Andrew Reed zone defense, waiting for the other guy to make a mistake. And that's what Andrew Reed did in the Super Bowl. And Garofalo gave him an interception for the win. And uh, Garofalo did it again. Should have predicted that. Hawthorne should. That should have gotten that pick right. Right? Using, that's using math, pattern recognition. The Titans at the Colts. Titans are coming off with two big covers for us, big wins uh, against Frank Wright and Wentz. Uh, I know the under is 51. It has to go under that than that because both teams want to limit the possessions their defenses have on the field to zone teams. And uh, Chad earlier in the podcast made a great point. This is a division game. What does the division game mean? They mean it's two. And they study each other a lot. So Frank Wright studying you and Brable studying you football, that's a lot of Super Bowls between them, right? Brable three as a player, probably two as a coach. And he's won some really upset playoff games. He shouldn't have won. He goes down the road, beats people. So that means under me, Titans minus one. What do you think, Scott? I would usually say after coming off two huge wins against Buffalo and Kansas City that this would be the so-called trap game. It's a division game. It's not a trap game for them. I like Tennessee because I think Tennessee can put the division on ice basically this early um, by the way they've played. So they could be three. I believe they'd be three games up and they'd have the tiebreaker against the Colts. So I think I think Tennessee is putting a huge amount of um, equity into this game. Vrabel is a good coach. He's, a, he's an excellent coach. He gets the most out of his players. He gets the most out of his team. So I, I think this could be a big-time A.J. Brown game with Tannehill. Henry's going to get his, of course. Uh, but I see Tennessee going in Indian winning this game. I think it's, it goes under for sure. But I like Tennessee in this situation. I just think they they know what they got in front of them. They're going to go in. Vrabel's going to have a good game plan against Indy. His teams know each other really well. Um, and I, I think it's it's going to be a 24-21 type of game. And I think Tennessee's going to win it. Tennessee finds a way to grind these games out and win these games in the end. So I think that's going to happen again. Right. Uh, first game last year. Tennessee against the Colts. Okay, so first game, Colts won 34-17. Last game, the Titans won 45-26. to This is almost like a college rivalry. So I'm going to use my revenge game college theory here. I'm going to go Colts plus one. Hopefully that line uh, – Comes my way a little bit. 
So I go Colts plus one under 51. And then I'll use what Scott said next time they play as they head to the course of playoffs. So Tennessee, the yeah, Tennessee could be the most underrated 5-1 team around. Oh. <laughs> and these, these teams already played this year. This is their second time. Oh, really? What yeah. So, time? Uh, Tennessee won 25-16. Okay. Insane's in revenge game theory. Yeah. And it's just because Wright's such a good coach. He hasn't slept. You know, whenever he tries to sleep, he picks up the Titans film and comes up with another angle. Titans already beat him. <laughs> so, so how is it? How is it, Chad? Because you as a player uh, can speak to this. How is it when you've beaten the team once? They say rule of thumb is that it's hard to get out for him again because you already beat him. Is that true or just uh, – Yeah, that, I mean, I, I would say – I mean, they, they say, like, some of the hardest things in sports is, like, beating a good team twice. So, um, you know, if you've already beat a team, I would say if the team's skill level is pretty even, I would say the team that lost has an advantage every time. Right. Um, going into that second game. Um, but, I mean, this one, I don't know if necessarily the Colts are. I think Tennessee is the better team here. They got more um, talent. That's in the doubt. They have more talent, yeah. Um, man, I just – I love Frank Wright, and this is a huge game for the Colts. You know, like they really – winning this game really gets them back into the division. Right. Um, but, man, I'm just – I am just not sold on this Colts defense after two – after what the Ravens did in, in that Monday night spot. Um, it's you know, like those two did. Those plays were open. It was just Garofalo was inaccurate. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I think 49ers could have gashed him a little bit. Um, you know, and then the week before, in between, they played the Texans, which is kind of like, I don't know, I'm not, not really even counting that one. You know, so you had the letdown against the Ravens, and you had the Texans, and you had what we saw on Monday night from them. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna go with Scott here and go with Tennessee. Um, I think Derrick Henry, you know, I think if Tannehill can, can run around a little bit, Lamar Jackson-esque, complete some passes and they can combine that with pound and Henry. If they can get that defense tired, um, man, I see a similar fourth quarter debacle to the Ravens game out of this Colts defense. Right. Uh, and especially it being a division game, you know, they're going to get a 30 carries from Henry in this game. So I think if Tannehill can do the right dose of AJ Brown and, and, and throwing the ball and keeping them off balance, man, I think they have a really good chance to just put this Colts defense into exhaustion, you know, desperation mode and uh, squeak out a, you know, close, close one at the end of the game, their fourth quarter, get in, get in field goal range or take it down and uh, do what they need to do late with a late, late drive. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go Tennessee and under the 51. All right. So we've got ESBC consensus pick your Tennessee Titans. Minus one under 51. Now, is AJ Brown doing so well because everybody's bracketing uh, Julio Jones? I think he played really well last week. I think he had a, he had a really good game. I think he's um, he's just rounded into form now. I, I think, um, you know, he's the he's the obvious alpha in that offense, uh, right. receiving core wise, right? So, so I, I think he's the type of player that um, you got to bracket coverage. If you're going to bracket coverage, I don't know why you bracket coverage Julio. Julio's not the same Julio as we've seen in recent years. So 
if if I'm a defensive coordinator and I'm bracking anybody, it's AJ Brown. I, I want Julio to beat me, and I don't think Julio can beat me. So that that's what I would think. It's interesting. I think Julio is going to be a different type player because they ran like screens for him. They kind of ran him inside, and every single time because he just has one of those bodies. Man, I remember Carmelo. Those people just have ridiculous bodies. Every the first guy always bounces off. So you're going to put like 180 pounds cornerback. They're going to bounce off. Julio Jones is going to keep going. He's got, he's got that type of body. I think his game is going to be a little different. Yeah. Uh, interesting to see. All right. So the consensus pick is Titans minus one on the road against uh, the Colts under 51. Uh, Ursay, uh, their drug addict owner, who doesn't pay for backups. So Second half of game, second half of the season, always go on the other way on the Colts. You got the LA Rams going to another dome, going to the Texans, the crazy owner, the kid, the son of Daddy McNair, uh, and the crazy tanking Texans, uh, under 48, over the key number of 15, right? Usually, Pro teams, NBA used to be like this. Things have changed. Pro teams usually do not get blown out twice in a row. Houston now got blown out three out of four games. And Davis Mills is completely dysfunctional. Uh, first glance, we're going to do a little research. So tentative, Houston plus 15 under the 48 because the Rams are notorious. Again, Andy Reid family. McVeigh is notorious for just saying, okay, let's just run it the whole game because we know we're going to win this game 17 to 3, right? Uh, we're going to keep the ball. We're going to limit our defense being on the field, guys. That's the plan for this game. So it'll be what? 24 7 Rams. That's still over 24. Da, da. Yeah, that, that, that would cover for the. For the for the Rams, <laughs> that's over 15, right? 24 7, but 17 yeah, 3. Yeah. Remember the Giants game last year where they beat them 17 3 with a much better offense, but it was golf at quarterback. Uh, they didn't cover against the Jets last year, so that's tentative. We're gonna go where you guys are saying what you guys think. We're gonna go in the Houston Chronicle, seeing if um, you're gonna start Sean Watson. No, <laughs> is he gonna start? Of uh, Tyron Taylor, of all people. What do you think, Scott? You better start because I can't bet Houston. I just can't <laughs> bet him. Uh, in normal circumstances, I'd agree with you. The Rams are just ultra talented on offense and ultra talented on defense. This could be a shutout. This really could be a shutout. I, right. I don't. I. I'm not impressed with Mills at all. I They have no running game. The Rams will put Jalen Ramsey on Brandon Cooks to take him out of it, probably. Um, I could see, you know, the Rams let the Lions hang in. Lions, you know, I, I was surprised that they, they allow that to happen. I don't think that happens this week. I think McVay has probably hammered on them all week. You let an inferior team hang around with us. You need to put these teams away not give them any confidence. So I, I think the Rams are going to cover the spread. And I, the game's going to be under 
because simply because I don't think Houston's going to score. Um, or if they do, it's going to be very little. So I, I see the Rams uh, throwing the ball around to set up the run. So I, I see like a 31 to 0, 31 to 3 game. Um, and I would take the Rams and the under for sure. That's what I think. I think the Rams are on a mission as an NFC team. I think they got to hang with Arizona. Um, so if Arizona wins, I think you're going to see the Rams go all out in the first half to put up a big number and then kind of pull it back in the second half. So. All right. So you got Rams plus 15 under 48. Yep. We agree on the other 48. What do you think? Chad. Yeah, I'm going, uh, I'm going Rams here as well. I'm buying them down to 14. I'm going Rams minus 14. Um, and then under, under the, the 48. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, I, like Scott said, I don't think the Texans are going to score in this game much. Um, I'm seeing something, you know, I would say the Texans are ma- 10 points max. So, uh, you know, at least 37 there, 35, 10 type game. Um, but yeah, I like this under and I, li- I, li- I like the Rams here. I think they're going to cover this one, man. Texans just look really bad. I don't think you need a lot of, you know, I think if the Rams get to 21 here, they'll be able to cover 14 or at least get the push at 14. So right. I like it. And I would, I would also look at the team score uh, props on this too. And I probably would take the Texans under. It's probably going to be like 17. I don't think they're getting there for sure. So I would go under their team prop score as well on that. All right. So the consensus pick, you're the Rams. Minus 14. You want to get out that key number under 48. Yeah, their team total will be right around 17. Yeah, I would go under for that for sure. All right. So Conrad Taylor's going to be activated. Do you think he's going to start? I think at some point he's going to be in the game. Quarterback, when you make three first downs with your legs, you win 70% of your game. I think he comes in and maybe scores a couple of Chiefs touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Or uh, the Rams don't bring the whole travel team, if you will, and just score enough to win and get it out of there. Kind of like the way Arizona did. Uh, last week, it's still Arizona ended up scoring 30 points. Uh, Lovey Smith is, I mean, I remember him in Illinois getting killed in Illinois. It was still 0 7, get those guys to play. So, yeah, I mean, next week they got the Dolphins. I'm thinking, you know, they might, uh, you know, East Tyrod back in and look, feel like they're a little outmatched this week. You know, then they, they got Miami next week and then they go. A division game with Tennessee, the Jets division game with Indy. So we'll see. We'll see what they do with Tyrod. Wouldn't it be ironic? Deshaun gets traded to Miami and he starts for Miami against Houston next week. Yeah, (laughs) next week. Yeah, it's it's highly possible. The only reason I I, um two reasons I would rule that out. Right from a business perspective, there's no way. He's cleaning out 21 civil suits. So none of them are criminal. Criminal, right? It's the difference between civil and criminal. Civil is all about that money. Yep. Criminal yep. is about that you're a danger to society. Exactly. Yep. 
they still, te Texas is a rigged state. You're going to have to pay people off. They still might come up with a criminal offense if Rusty Smith, who loves paying off people, doesn't pay off the cops. Mm -hmm. The civil stuff, these girls are broke. They're massage therapists. They're going to hold out to the last second. And Ross said he's going to he'll trade for him. But that all has to be cleared up. The second problem is that Goodell has made himself the police of the NFL. So they said they're not even going to care if you get sued civilly or you have criminal or not. Goodell's going to do whatever he wants because he's God Goodell, Godfather Goodell. He's bringing out justice, Goodell justice. And the Washington Redskins, it's a Me Too problem. Uh, I'll post a link to the Me Too conference I did. Man, was that good. <laughs> I, had to, the, I have the lawyer who brought, who made the most money off the Weinstein thing and sued Weinstein. She was at that conference. We had a good one. I snuck in my questions in there, but it was good. I had them go at it. I had different women, different perspectives, give their perspectives. Uh, very good Me Too conference. So for that reason, uh, and this whole groom thing was bungled. They, they just completely messed that up, right? Because Gruden only responded to emails being a guy, not to be rude. He didn't initiate any other emails. One of his emails from, was from his house, <laughs> right? So are you an employee of the league when the league's not giving you any money and you're sending an email from your house? Right, and why is his emails being released and not anybody else's? How's that fair? Right, big can of worms. Yeah, I think that, right, I, there's no way there's 80% chance that Deshaun Watson is in a Trevor Bauer situation where Trevor Bauer, uh, most likely will never pitch again in the major leagues, but he's still getting paid and nobody can touch him legally. There's a lot of gray areas right now going on. And these people are conservative people. Their great-grandkids are rich. So they really don't have to do anything. That's why you see Deshaun Watson in limbo, really doubtful. Uh, he will be playing for Miami or if ever. I think this huge miscommunication between people on the real level and these uh, reporters – uh, these general managers, these coaches. There's a huge disconnect between that and the real world. Remember, we don't believe in the Easter Bunny or Santa Claus. We believe in buying Christmas gifts with betting money. <laughs> but it's the betting money, it's not Santa Claus. All right, the Bengals, 11-point uh, favorites at the Jets. The over-under is 43 Man, I got to do some research on the Jets. I, I, whew, I don't know. It could be one of these teams, Jets, Texans, Carolina, right? Where they might, right, we're going eight weeks midseason. That might be it for them. They have no mental strength. Slay's supposed to be a defensive coach. And that defense is uh, kind of a manager defense. What do you think, Scott? I like the Bengals a lot. 
think um, I think their offense is hitting their stride. I, I just don't. The Jets are starting to back up quarterback. Traded for Joe Flacco this week. He's not going to start. Um, Mike White is a serviceable backup, but I don't know if he's going to be ready for what's coming at him as a starter, um, preparation-wise. Right. Um, Cincinnati is a mid to upper level defense in the NFL. And with that offense, that is good enough to win a lot of games in the NFL. So I look for this game to take on the characteristics of what the Bengals did to the Lions two weeks ago, a 27 to three, 27 to 10 type of game. I would go to the under and I'll definitely take the Bengals because I think what will happen is the Bengals will get up really big and then pull the foot off the gas a little bit and run the ball a lot to try to get out of New York with a win. So that that's where I would go. Right. And I make sure the links on the episode notes. Uh, number one rule of betting is never bet your own team. I did some research, gave it to these lawyers. We had a, a judge recruit himself because of conflict of interest. And uh, Mike White did some dramatic miracle comebacks. I'm an alumnus of the University of South Florida. Give team grant to the university. That's, that's why I say we. So I'm screaming at, at, at my couch. Thank you, Mike White. I love Mike White. Then I followed Mike White when he was at West Virginia. And I personally think that Mike White is the next combination of Joe Montana and Joe Brady or Tom Brady. So I probably shouldn't be picking this game because I'm very biased. So I'll leave it up to you guys. Scott, Scott, the Bengals in the under. What do you think, Chad? Yeah, you know, I was kind of looking at the Jets in this one myself, but man, after I, I, I listening to Scott, I, I just, yeah, I don't see the Jets being able to put up many points here. Um, I think the Bengals can cover this one. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm really unimpressed with the corporate governance of the Jets. Um, right. I think their performance last week was completely embarrassing as a coaching staff. Yeah. Uh, so really fading that. Uh, and with the Bengals, you know, where they are right now, I think this total scares me. 42 is so low. Um, you know, I could easily see Bengals getting to 35 and the Jets getting to 14, which is right there at 42. Um, man. I'm probably going to go under here, under the 42. Um <laughs> That's what that's what that's my first my first impression. I I don't want to go back myself here and go the over, but I I'm kind of looking at that, man. I I just don't know. Can the Jets get can the Jets get fourteen? You think? Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, but I'm so biased. I think the reason I think the Jets are going to go over because Mike Mike White can play. Uh, I mean, well, the other question the other question this game would be: Can Cincinnati get to thirty? And I don't know if that they will. I I think they what they did against Detroit was. They got up big, and then they kind of pulled the pulled the reins back in and said, yeah. "Okay, we got this game won. Let's let's just run the ball and get out of here with the win." And their defense didn't give anything up to Detroit, so that that's that's what I'm saying. I think that game script is going to be the same as in this game. I, I think Lafleur, right? So Lafleur comes from the Andy Reid, McVay, yeah. all those guys. Tree, he likes games to go under. Because my thinking is Cincinnati, the coaching staff in Cincinnati all week has been saying 
We just beat Baltimore. We got the division lead. We can't go into New York and blow that game. So I think they're going to jump on them early. And then I think they're going to pull back and say, okay, we got a 14, nothing, 17, nothing lead. Let's pull it back and let's run the ball. Let's get, you know, mixing going, let's get them a big day. And they might score another 10 points because of that. But I don't know if the Jets are going to be able to score more than seven points. That's just the thing. That's, I think that's they can. I think Mike White got trained by Harbaugh because Harbaugh recruited uh, Willie Taggart to Western Michigan. And his daddy, Daddy Harbaugh, won a national title. So uh, Harbaugh has always helped Willie Taggart a lot in his career. So when Brian and Mike White, uh, Mike White is a scholar. He's like a doctor, really. He literally became a doctor in the offseason. 4.0 kid, uh, pre-med at USF. He can read defenses. He's lights out. Came back. Last game hit uh, a touchdown in his first throw. Yep. Would not be shocked if it's 24-14, but then again, I'm biased. I, I'm a big – I'm a fanatic of Mike White. I think Mike White's the next Tom Brady if they give him a chance, right? So that sounds biased. I mean, like you, Josh, like you said to me in, in a, in a uh, tweet or a text, is Sal, is Sal going to change his game plan? It seems like he's sticking with the same game plan over and over every game. So is he going to change it, or is he just going to say, "This is what we're doing. We've done it before. Let's let's do it again." I mean, right. that, that, right. that's the other thing. Josh, you go ahead. I'm saying so. I'm pretty set on my Bengals minus ten and a half. That's okay. more of a fade of solid. I think the Jets are right. just not going to scheme well. I think they're just falling apart. So now, I guess I'm saying my my. My overplay, though, my, my total is where I'm going to side it. But you're, you're saying Mike White you think is good for 14. So I'm going to go with you there. I'm going to go over 42 in this game. I'm going to change my under to the over. I think, uh, you know, we get 31 out of the Bengals, 17 out of the Jets right there. That puts me uh, – 48. So that puts you comfortably over. Yeah. So I, I think I, I think this one can squeak over. If we can get Mike White to get a couple touchdowns, the Bengals let down late. Like Scott's saying, they got to lead the run on the ball. Maybe the Jets can get a get a sneaky late score in there. 42 just seems a little low in this one. I, I think the Bengals are going to be able to score points. They're probably one of the most high-powered offenses right now, big plays-wise. Um, Joe Burrow's just throwing the ball very accurately. So I'm going to go – I'm going to go the Bengals minus 10 and a half here. Get that – get that, and I'm going to go over 42 in this one. All right. Obviously, I'll bet it down to 10, Bengals 10. Uh, Scott, you got Bengals 10, right? Yes. Yep. We got two Bengals 10, actually three Bengals 10. And I'm going to go over. And the reason why is twofold, right? Like like Scott said, uh, Andy Reid guy, uh, he's going to back off. Mike White, smart guy, going to realize they're playing zone, Right. And he's not intimidated. Uh, Mike White comes from Miami. So he used to play those ghetto schools when he got to the playoffs, go to scary places. And he's a man about town. I wouldn't take all his business around the street. But <laughs> like Mike White's a kind of a smart, rich, white guy, but they can go down to the hood <laughs> type guy. So he's not afraid. He's not going to be intimidated by the moment. Uh, he's going to be fine there. 
I'm sure he still talks to Harbaugh. Uh, probably why he has a job in the league. So I'll, I'll say over 42 is going to figure out that second half. While Mike White's figuring out the second half, LaFleur and Burrow are toning it down. So I'll go over 42. Bengals. But I realize how irrational and I overestimate uh, Mike White's abilities. As a QB. That is the Bengals at the Jets. The other thing is, I think it's all hands on decks for the Jets as far as scoring. With Mike White in there, they're going to try to block punts. They're going to try to return a kickoff. They're trying to to find points anywhere they can. So that might go over. The other thing is, too, they're not going to stop scoring even though because I think they expect to be blown out <laughs> by the Bengals of all people at five and two. That for pride reasons, you're gonna try like the Giants, right? Score at the end for no reason. Mike White touchdown, one second left. <laughs> Let's go to New York. See if they score it. All right. Uh, Nick Tomlin, great strategist at the Browns, the deeply at Browns. I'm getting four points. This is Mike Tomlin all the way. Corporate governance, which is in fundamental analysis. So I'm going Steelers plus four points, right? Uh, over under is 42. I know the game. The Browns played last week. I know the game and what Tomlin's thinking this week, right? So... I'm seeing Steelers plus four under 42. What do you think, Scott? Uh, Nick Chubb's back. So that's a, that's a good sign for Cleveland, obviously. Um, right. You know, I was highly impressed with Dearness Johnson, but against Pittsburgh, which is a totally different unit on defense than Denver, how much, how much right. success could he have? I uh, don't know the quarterback situation yet. Um, if the game was in Pittsburgh, I'd go with Pittsburgh based on uh, them seeking revenge in the playoffs and coming off the bye. Right, um, right. I think they, they've had two weeks to scheme for Cleveland, so I, I think they know exactly what Cleveland's going to do. Games in Cleveland, I would, I'll take the Browns, um, and I'll take the under. I think this is going to be a very smash mouth run it up and down the field game between Chubb and Najee Harris. So I'm going with the under and I'm going with Cleveland um, in this game in a heavy run game could be the quickest game of the week. Cause I don't see many passes being thrown in this game. So that's where I'm at. Cleveland minus three under 42. Yes. All right. Yes. All right. So break the tie, Chad. I'm going with your Pittsburgh Steelers, I'm going to take Mike Tomlin off the bye week. Uh, you know, great coach. He's had an extra time to scheme them. Um, Cleveland's still a little banged up. Uh, right. I'm going to take the plus four, take the points. Uh, you know, Cleveland could win this one by a field goal. Um, this, this is going to be a close smash mouth game. Both teams are going to run the bar. I like under 42 as well. So I'm going to go – I'm going to take the points with Pittsburgh plus four, and I'm going to go under the 42. Right, including missing the two tackles and Tomlin, uh, you know, 
coming off a bye, uh, division game, that he schemed all summer, the way he schemed for the Bills, um, and the ability of African-American coaches having the intellectual capacity to scheme or stature. Uh, it's going to play big in this game. As far as the rest are concerned, they're very sensitive, right? That's why Gruden got fired over this race stuff. Memo has, has been sent to those refs about calling this game. <laughs> and from the head coaching standpoint, I think it's a coaching mismatch, but Callahan is really good. Uh, he just doesn't have – he's missing his two starting tackles. Nick Chubb is going to be good, but he's hurt. Uh, again, I'm biased about uh, Dearness Johnson. All right. So, split decision. The appellate court rules. Pittsburgh Steelers, plus the four points, we're going to buy the points. Now, those people that want to bet three sides of this game can do the Browns. But I'm thinking that there's a lot of things going against the Browns. I might not do it. Uh, Case Keenum comes to mind. The split decision is Steelers plus four. I think we all picked the under 42. Yes. Yeah. Yep. We all got under 42 points, especially the, the decisions uh, they coached in Cleveland. Zimmer, Disciple, uh, Stefanowski has done. He's really chosen when he gets a chance to do a grind-it-out game. The only game he tried to get in a shootout game was the Chargers, and they lost. So I think he's going to be hesitant to try to do it again without all his players, all his starters. Again, you got 49ers in Chicago. The Bears are being sold. The Bears seem to be in the same boat with the Texans. With um, the Texans, with Carolina, with Miami, right? They all got uh, guys that really didn't prove themselves in college because they had all five stars around them throwing wide open receivers. That doesn't prove anything to me. And they're not doing well in the NFL. The combined winning percentage of Tua, of uh, Fields, of Davis Mills. <laughs> That's a low percentage there of covering and winning games. And I think the 40, this is a must game for the 49ers. Either the 49ers wins or Joe Garofalo plays well. And they score a lot of points and blow out the Bears, or they should all find hiding places and go home. So I'm going to go 49ers, right? Witness protection, <laughs> fame protection program. <laughs> I'm going to go 49ers. We're going to buy the point because they're really bad. Three, and it's going to go over 39 because, again, the Bears are in the same boat that Ingadel sent them a memo. As the Jets, they need a kickoff return. They need a double reverse. They need a punt block. They need a punt. They need some way to score points because Chicago's not scoring any points. The only time they scored any kind of points was when Derek Carr handed him the ball when Gruden was being fired. And they were getting every single call in that game, right? That's the only time Chicago scored points. So the, the Aggie's going to have to, suppose, he's an offensive guru. 
<laughs> offensive guru scoring no points with a first round jerk uh, quarterback. Uh, 49ers might win this 45 to nothing because the 49ers have to score points. They have to, 49ers, two years removed from a Super Bowl, have to prove that they're a halfway legitimate NFL team after what's happened to them the last couple of weeks. Even Shanahan's getting some heat for being an arrogant brat, right? In the land of the arrogant brats over there in Silicon now. What do you think, Scott? So Justin Fields, to me, is not ready to play NFL football as a quarterback. So I can't take Chicago. And Garoppolo has no trust in from the coaching staff because when Shanahan was asked this week if Garoppolo was the starting quarterback, he was like, I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. That's what choice exactly, did I have? Bring in I, Trey Lance? <laughs> yeah, I, I guess so. So you're basically having Garoppolo with one eye over his shoulder in terms of if he makes a mistake, is he being pulled? So I don't think that leads to him having success on Sunday, which means I see San Francisco running the ball a ton on Sunday. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I don't I don't think either team is, is going to break 21. So I see – um, the under being in play here, I could see something like a 17 to seven game. Cause I just don't have any confidence in the Chicago offense and they can't get Allen Robinson going. They can't get Donnell Moody going. Um, Khalil Herbert's their best offensive weapon right now. They have nobody in the passing game that, that is, is, has confidence, at least my confidence. So right. I, I'm picking San Francisco and I'm taking the under. San Francisco in the under. Yep. Yeah, no, I think that's a kind of favorite pick. I'm, I'm picking, like, outlier plays, like literally a black punt. The defense is going to try to score a touchdown. Then the game will go over with Shanahan pounding the ball on offense and just the backups and Khalil Mack saying, I, I'm not going to play anymore. Those guys will give up, like, big plays to San Francisco. I can, I can see San Francisco ball. doing exactly what Seattle did Monday night, handing the ball off, like, 13, 14 straight times and yeah. running the ball. I, I can just see that happening, which means that runs grinds clock. So yeah. there needs to be a special teams or defensive touchdown for this to go over, and I don't think right. it's going to happen. Or, or long runs, too, because he likes to get yeah. big plays in the ring game. Yeah. What do you think, yeah. Scott? Shad. Yeah, I'm gonna. I, I mean, I'm, I can None of us. I mean, can we can't bet the Bears. San Francisco minus three, minus three and a half. That's the play all day on the side here. Um, the total. You know, I just think 39, 39 and a half is just too low. Um, you know, you got two offensive coaches here that are like both need offensive performances, right? They're they're right. both two offensive minded guys that have not put up a, a good offensive performance lately. You know, the Bears are back in front of that home crowd, you know. So, you know, you think that they could get themselves 14 points, 14, 17 points here at a home game. Um, you know, and I think Shanahan, they just missed a few close plays. I think they can get they can get back and, um, you know, be able to put some points up on on uh, on Chicago here. So, I, I'm, I'm, that total is just so low. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to bet bank on. The Bears being able to get to 17 and uh, both these coaches kind of having just some offensive juice in the tank because they've been so poor offensively up, up to this part. Right. There's a lot of pressure on those coaches 
literally to get fired if they can't score points next week. The other part of it is the refs. Uh, I'm going to laugh if I'm watching. Oh, here's Chicago, third and 30. Going back to throw. Fields doesn't know what to do. He's sacked. Oh, wait a second. Here comes a late, very late flag. <laughs> uh, ref has his microphone in the air. All right. Illegal touching. Five-yard penalty. Even though it's third and 30, it equals an automatic first down to extend the Chicago Bear drive. <laughs> By the way, guys, I bet the over, so you better score a touchdown because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I, it has to happen because Chicago's such a big market. They're selling that team, but man, three points against Tampa Bay last week. That's what that was happening. That 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 App State Coastal Carolina game last week. There was like they scored really fast, and then the next three drives, every team had a 15 yard penalty first down. They're all right. starting first and 25 back, back down. I'm like, man, these refs got the under, I'm, but I had the under. <laughs> hey, don't argue with the refs. For every drive start. doesn't matter. Flag 15 yards. <laughs> right. No. Remember I predicted all the flags in the Oregon state USC game. Remember that? I told yeah. You. <laughs> yeah. That was ridiculous. Yeah. Please tell your brother keep his composure. Those crazy calls are going to be nuts. Yeah. <laughs> there was nobody saw it. Nobody, I mean, nobody. I mean, get get for uh, Jonathan Smith. He was in the middle of the field arguing with the refs. Even the announcers were like quiet. Uh, I I don't know. I don't know what what was called. <laughs> like yes, they're in LA, big time alumni. All right, Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Urban Meyer coming off a of bye. Uh, we're the only people who predicted Jacksonville. People lost a lot of money with parlays and teasers with Jacksonville, but that spiked the podcast downloads a lot. That's how we get right because we're making you money, right? And we give you exactly what happened in that game. And look at the refs, look at the penalties in that game and when they were and what they did, right? Jacksonville uh, got closer, <laughs> people got closer when they game. Over the Jets, I don't think the Jets will ever be the same. Against the Seattle Seahawks, Pete Carroll looked bad. Uh, now they're saying, oh, when is he going to USC? He didn't let Geno Smith do anything. Uh, man, this is a very interesting line here. Uh, it is. Remember, Seattle covered for us last week. Is Seattle minus four over under is 43. Right? So I'm going to go Urban Meyer coming off a bye. Urban Meyer has not lost in probably 20 years coming off a bye. But most of those years were in college, which I'm going to have the college podcast, but. the Gators are coming off a of bye, so that's plus 15 against Georgia. Then dogs. So in honor of that, it's going to be Jacksonville plus four uh, rookie quarterback. It'll be crazy if Trevor Lawrence is allowed to do more than Carroll's allowing you know, Smith to do. Uh, very surprised if that game goes over the 44 points. So it's Jacksonville 
plus four, Hall of Fame coach, national title champion uh, on the hot seat because he likes hot rods. I'm on the hot seat too. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think, Scott? I would love to pick Seattle in this situation. I just can't. I mean, uh, Geno Smith. I mean, they're Russell Wilson's going to be back, I think, right after they buy. And I think he's coming back. Um, they're just going to try to run the ball. They have no confidence in what Geno can do. Leading the offense, they have no confidence in that. Right. Uh, you know, he got an 84-yard pass to Metcalf, the first first throw he made, and he threw for 83 yards the rest of the game. So, right. um, I, I like Jacksonville. I'm not using this as a money line pick because I have another one that I'm going to use, but um, I like Jacksonville to keep it close, if not win the game. I think Jackson and Seattle's 0-3 at home for the first time in 30 years. So um, they were booing Seattle uh, countlessly Monday night. So I like Jacksonville. I think James Robinson's going to make a difference here. I don't think Seattle defense is that great. So I think Trevor Lawrence can make some plays. Um, Hopefully, Chenault and Jones can can uh, can catch some big passes, but I think Jacksonville is going to come in with a late cover, and I definitely think it's under. I, I don't think it's going over. I don't think it's even going to come close to that to that number. Mm-hmm. I, I see a game like it was Monday night, I 17-13, so a lot of running again, and I'll take Jacksonville with the points. Yeah, and, and, and something interesting, too, uh, Carroll likes to have an advantage in the kicking game. The special teams coach for Jacksonville is Urban Meyer, right? And Urban Meyer likes to be involved. What he teaches at coaching clinics is special teams. Daryl Bubro and Brian Tyheimer are limiting Meyer's, uh, Meyer's involvement. Defense is taken care of. He's not a defensive guy. So he's done good every single game, pretty much. Jacksonville's got a special team touchdown. Uh, Trevor Lawrence has been challenged a little bit. Uh, the caveat is he going to turn the ball over because that's what Carroll lives off of. Carroll's Achilles heel, just like Belichick and Satan, running quarterbacks. But uh, Meyer doesn't want to see himself as a college guy. He's not going to run Lawrence late unless it's close in the fourth quarter. I think it will be. I think he's going to win the kicking game, which killed Carroll last week with those two missed field goals. But Meyer's going to beat him on that. Uh, so that, that'll keep this game under if Morris does not give the game away and has learned something on the, on the bye week. Because you really can't judge him against the Jets. But hopefully he learns not to turn the ball over the other part of it is coaching uh, grudge matches. Brian Chinehammer was the offensive coordinator. Both ghost guys were offensive coordinators for Carroll, and both left angry at Coach Carroll for firing them for really no reason. So with a bye, two coaches who are pretty good coaches and a grudge, I like those Carolina Panthers. Jacksonville Jaguars. Jacksonville Jaguars. All right, it's been a long day. <laughs> Kansas and Jaguars <laughs> are on the same side of my brain. 
<laughs> what do you think, Chad? Yeah, I think Jacksonville all day here, man. Um, get Jacksonville plus the four under under the 44, 43 and a half. I mean, what the Seahawks showed us last week, I mean, it, it, it looks like they're handing the ball off until Russell Wilson comes back from what I saw. So, right. yeah. I can't bet on a team that's just going to hand the ball off every play. I think that plays great to the under. Jacksonville got their first one of the season, you know, and in a bye week. So they got to go off that bye with good energy, man. Um, you know, I, I, this is probably up to this point on the card, my favorite money, like best money, money line look uh, of the day so far. I think Jacksonville can win this game. Right. Um, I like, but, you know, very similar to that Lions game. Although I will say I like this Jaguars pick more than Lions to win the game if I had to pick right. one of those two as a money line pick. Uh, but, yeah, I like Jacksonville here with the four points. Uh, I think they can win the game. I just think the Seahawks – Jaguars coming off that big win, coming off the bye week, rest it up. I think they're going to have what it takes here to, to cover the spread, cover four points, and Seahawks are just counting down the day so they get Russell Wilson back. I don't even think – I mean – Right. They're even they, – they they're not even contending at this point, so. Yeah, and this, this is uh, – I've had a lot of laughs with this. At bars many years when Coughlin's still coaching the Giants. <laughs> uh, and then we, uh, these old coaches, they won Super Bowls, so you can't argue with them. So it's particularly irrational. But it's like, oh, Coughlin has a whole offensive line here, and he's still going to try to establish a running game. Every yeah. time Chad says, says that, you know, with Carroll, it reminds me, old coach, won Super Bowl, national championship, it, it, you know. But it's illogical. It's predictably illogical, irrational. Past performance does not mean successful future results. That's why if you live in the past, you die in the past. He's trying to establish the running game with four out of five offensive linemen who aren't good. He just wants to hustle. And he's going to do it anyway. Because that's what I believe in. And I'm not going to change. That's what he said in that book. Win forever. <laughs> I'm not going to change. He's not. Uh, Urban Meyer will. Urban Meyer was an eye, uh, you know, eye formation guy. Uh, 22 personnel, bring in the tight end, two tight ends, running back. Maybe put one in motion, you know, whatever. And he switched to the spread. He switched to the spread offense. He, he doesn't care, right? Whatever works. So you can get back to his hot blondes. Yeah, on the side. <laughs> so, but Brian Trinheimer and Daryl Bellow, I think, give a great advantage. Uh, as you know, what, what do they say? You know, it's the same concept, does the same thing, but there's no fury like a woman scorn. There's no fury like a coach who's been fired by another coach that he plays him. I remember in college, Steve Spurrier got fired by Curry, right? And for the rest of the 10 times Spurrier went against Curry, he beat him by 30 points. He would be up 45 to nothing throwing bombs with 45 seconds left because he fired him as the offensive coordinator at Georgia Tech. So I've won a lot of money on that. So that's a, an angle. Revenge theory of the coach coaching grudges that's won a lot of money. And we all agree, Jaguars plus four, right? Under 44, right? All right, so let's go to our New England Patriots experts from New England. Uh, 
we're eight four last week, so we're one one. So we're nine and five on Patriots games, and that is profits. Right, so nine divided by fourteen late at night, sixty four percent, fifty two point five percent break even. So we're in the money on Patriots game. What do you think about this game? Uh, Chargers are plus six and a half. Over under is forty nine and a half. What do you think? So if you remember last year, the Patriots played the Chargers out there and right, shut them right. out like forty five to nothing. I don't think this is gonna have that's gonna happen again this year. I think the Chargers players remember that. I think they're gonna come out um, with a definite game plan to get uh, Eckler and Allen going early. I think Herbert is gonna have pretty good success throwing the ball um, in the middle of the field. I think Belichick's gonna play try to play as uh, more of a zone if he can. Um, so I like the charges in this game. Um, Patriots are off a huge win against the Jets. I think this is going to be a little bit of a letdown. Um, you know, I think the charges are going to make Mac Jones try to beat them, and I don't think he's going to. So I like the charges in this game, and I like the under because I think this this could be one of those uh, 24-17 type of games. Right, right. Um, but I, I think the Chargers are gonna are gonna pull it out, and I think they're gonna win based off of what happened last year. I think the Chargers need to win this game because the Raiders are for real. So I think they need to win to stay stay afloat in this in this uh, division and keep pace with the Raiders and tie them up in the division. So um, I just think you're gonna see a lot of Eckler in this game, and I think the Chargers the way to beat the Chargers is to run the ball. Patriots can run the ball. Um, I think the Chargers had a bye week to know exactly what the Patriots are going to do. So I think right, that's right. out. That that's the most important thing in this in this bet is that the Chargers did have a bye week and did get the game plan for the Patriots two weeks in two weeks. So I I think that's going to bode well for the Chargers. I think they win the game and it stays under. I don't think it's forty nine and a half. You said was that over under? Yeah, it's yeah. not good. It's not getting there. It's not getting there. So that's what I think. Plus, the charges are off of a blowout loss right before the bye. Right, so that, right. that all factors into the charges' favor in my eyes. Yes, I, I like the charges. I just uh, – over a touchdown. It's a non-division road game. I'm getting it at five right now. I'm seeing yeah, plus – I'm seeing five as well. It's I five. Five. All right. All right. Yeah, charges are minus five. Chargers minus five. Yeah. So I think it's going to be a touch. I think it's 24-17, 27-20, somewhere in there. Okay. So what I'm going to do is give a bang RPO. Right? So if it stays at five, I'm going to bet the charge. If it goes to seven, seven and a half, if it goes to seven, I'm going to bet the Patriots. And I'm with you as well. I take the charges right now at the five, Patriots at seven. Right. But we all agree under 50. Under 50. Under 50. Yeah. What do you think, Chad? Yeah, I, I, I like it. I think this game's going to go under. Um, I mean, I, I could see the, the Chargers definitely have more firepower offensively here. Um, you know, but if the Chargers do go up big and start air raiding them out, 
I, I don't think that speeds the Pats up at all. I think they still run the ball. Um, right. I don't think they're going to be able like, if it gets into a shootout, I, I, I think Belichick knows shit. We just get out of here with no injuries and regroup for next week. We're not coming back down right. 20 points. We're just not built like that. So I think that's going to lead it to the under, regardless if it's close or if the uh, Chargers can blow them out or get a, get a two, three touchdown lead. I think either way it'll go under. So like that. Uh, the, th- the thing about the Chargers is they lack depth. And Belichick has depth on defense. Quality depth. Chargers do not. So going to watch the line for the game. Going to watch the first half, and then I'm going to see what's going on with that second half. Because the, the Chargers, I mean, you take Bosa out, the guy that replaces Bosa, it's a huge dropout. Mm-hmm. Now, Tom Telesco is the ultimate, uh, you know, businessman thing, a short-term, uh, no, uh, salesman thing short-term, businessman thing long-term, businesswoman thing long-term. He likes to develop guys. So he said it, guys that should not be on the team or on the practice car are because he feels he can develop them for future use. So where that guy is in development when he comes into game, we don't know unless you have a scorecard, right? Uh, and you really follow the Chargers where you know every single roster spot and know whether this guy is in the third or fourth year of development or the first year, replacing a starter, for death reasons in the second half. Uh, Pats can play the same way all game. They have everything organized. One of the big reasons they blew out the Jets last week was pure being organized. Mm-hmm. You know, purely being organized and watching film for the other team's mistakes and making adjustments. So the Pats are going to be very organized. Staley's a great coach, but it is a coaching mismatch. The man was only a coordinator for one year. He's coaching against guys with seven Super Bowls, <laughs> right? And he won a Super Bowl as a defensive coordinator with Parcells. So, interesting to watch that line. Minus five right now. Chargers, the under 50. I love that because of what I just said. You don't know. It's, they're, the backups are like Forrest Gump. They're a box of chocolate. You don't know what you're going to get. So they want to limit that as much as possible. Limit the possessions that defense is on the field. So say it's a defensive guy and keep this under 50. Belichick's the same way. He wrote the book on that. <laughs> the, the last year game that I pointed to, I just think the Chargers were a dead team walking last year. I right. think they knew Lynn was going to get fired. You know, I just think they they just didn't show up to play. That's right. all. And I, I think that's a, it's a different story this year. Yeah, no, I think they're going to win the game for sure especially coming off the bye, better rested team. Yep. Yep. Uh, just a touchdown, like you said, I could see this being, uh, let's say, a 24-10 game with four minutes left. You bring out Max Jones, he scores a touchdown, 24-17. Chargers cover, but goes under. Or yep. if it's 24-14, uh, he scores – 24-21, onside kick. Oh, Chargers pick up the onside kick. Belichick covers under, right? What do you think, Chad? We already talked about this game, Chad? Yeah. Yeah. So no, We're done on this one. Well, okay. next. I have WTF here. <laughs> At Denver, Denver has the highest winning percentage in the NFL. 
because of the altitude. Uh, big difference between Teddy Bridgewater before concussion and after concussion. He has to win a game after the concussion. His statistics have dropped off dramatically. Belichick proved last week uh, coaches have game plans for each part of the season, right? Uh, Rivera's like that. So he's not hands-on. Things are going to change a little bit. So I still like the under 50 because these are two defensive coaches big time. No, 40, 44 and a half is what I got. 44 and a half? All right. Yeah. 44 and a half. I'm going to buy the half point point, make it under 45. And I'll give, give me those four points. I'm going to go, what the F plus four under 45. What do you think, Scott? Keep going to this well every week. I can't believe it. I'm going to do it again. <laughs> I don't know how Denver is favored in this game. I mean, right. Teddy Bridgewater just showed last week that he's very limited as a quarterback. He's totally banged up right now. So he uh, he needs to show me something before I can trust him as a quarterback. So I I would go with um, I'd go with Washington as the underdog. I was going to do this as a money line, but I'm not going to. Right. Um, and I would I would say it's I think it's going to lean toward the over. I think it's going to go the over, just just barely, but I think it's going to go over. So those are my two leans there. Right. I just think Washington – I just think both teams are going to – you know, Judy's coming back for Denver, so that 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 picks up their offensive um, weaponry a little bit. Um, and Washington's defense hasn't shown me anything this year in terms of, of stopping teams. So I think uh, Washington's going to be able to score. I think Denver's going to be able to score. I, I think this is a mid-20s game for both teams. So I, I see it just going slightly over with Washington covering. Right. Yeah, I was just paranoid about the trips in the red zone last week. Was... Yeah, I'm, th I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of over two here. All right. I like mile high, too. You know, you can throw the ball a little bit farther down the field. That extra yard will make a difference. Um, defense is getting a little winded late in the game. Yeah. Both teams being able to maybe hit some shots down the field. Both defenses a little banged up. Both secondaries, you know, not, not elite. So, yeah, I, I think – I think we get a, a 24 to 21 game and it gets to 45 here. So, but yeah, I'd like Washington with the four points all day. Um, and I, I like this game to squeak barely over. Like I get it at 44 and a half and it hits 45. I think this one's going to sneak right, right over. You know what you just said, right? Changed my mind on this. Because uh, this reminds me of the Raider game. Raider game yeah. was 34 10. In the fourth quarter, uh, Denver had done nothing on offense. But in the altitude, the Raider defense got gassed. And mm -hmm. they were scoring. There's a lot of scoring late in these games because teams are – defenses are tired because of the altitude. And Washington left a lot on the field in terms of point-wise last week. Right. They left a lot. So, they got to clean that up. Yeah. Hey, return to the mean, right? So, that's something you use in sports betting. The Washington offense in the efficiency in the red zone, to quote C. Spurrier again, winners score touchdowns. 
losers kick field goals, right? So they're going to switch that around, score a couple more touchdowns and cover those four points against Denver. And Denver's turning into a loser team. Another team, uh, they're not necessarily being sold, but what happens is that the family, they're all fighting over the team. And they're all trying to backstab each other, pay FBI agents, pay judges. It's getting really nasty, but it's owned by a trust. What a trust does is keep the cost down. That's why you have a cheapo, hothead, out of emotional control, tyrant, like Fangio, still the coach there. Um, Putting his hands on the offense, which he shouldn't because he's a defensive guy. And again, it's a disaster. Uh, As we're seeing in Carolina. Winston Jameis, right? Jameis Winston from your Florida State criminals getting six points over under his 50 against Tom Brady uh, and the Buccaneers. Buccaneers have a depleted defense. Sean Payton is a Super Bowl winning offensive coach. Jameis Winston likes throwing the deep ball and the Bucs don't have any, uh, they have a lot of hurt defensive guys in the, in the backfield. A lot of scheming going on here, a lot of great coaching. Uh, Tom Brady, the vision game goes back to that Lloyd Carr offense. He's really now pretty full on the office coordinator as, as well as the starting quarterback. Uh, I like two offensive guys going here in a division game. Usually when they play the first time, it goes under. Second game for sure is going over. I think they're still limiting Winston. They don't really trust him a lot, but he's going to get a big place. So I like the Saints here at home, home dog, uh, plus six points. And one thing I'm going to look at that I haven't looked at with Winston uh, it's like Sam Darnold. Uh, he keeps, keeps throwing off his back leg. Winston passed the ball. I don't know if he's passing the ball anymore. It'd be interesting to know. Uh, but this is it for him. He doesn't have a good year. He's done with his career. He really he has nothing to fall back off of. He's not, he's, you know, a criminal, compulsive, can't handle his compulsions, his emotions. So he really can't do anything outside of football. So this is big for him. This is a big game against his former team, right? He still has a house there, still lives there. So he's going to have – he's going to be the Heisman Trophy National Championship Winston versus the guy who's throwing games for his cousins in Alabama. So I see this under 50 based on the way the coaches think and the uh, vision game, right? Uh, John Payton wants to limit the time that his defense is out there and with Tom Brady. Second half, in the second quarter, in uh, second half, of the third quarter, and on the fourth. There we go. All right, what do you think, Scott? Well, I'm with you on the uh, over/under. I think it's going to be under, but I'm going to take the other side. I'm going to take Tampa Bay. I think um, Gronk is coming back, so there's a Brady trust guy he you'll right. have um at least he's practicing they say he's coming back we'll have to see come sunday um so he gets he gets one of his guys back um because antonio is still hurt so i don't know if he's playing 
I think Tampa's hitting on all cylinders on offense. I they pull, you know, they they now are, are got Godwin, Evans, and Gronk. So the the offense is streamlined to those three guys in the passing game. Fournette's been excellent this year running the ball. So that's his backfield. So I think Tampa's gonna win the game. I think Jameis is gonna is gonna make a mistake somewhere in this game, and I think it's gonna uh, it's gonna cost them. Um, you know, I wasn't impressed with New Orleans last week. I didn't think Jameis had a particularly great game. I think he had a decent game, not a not a good or great game. So I like Tampa to win by seven points. I like a uh, 27-21 game, and I like the under on this. I, I think Tampa right now is hitting on all cylinders. And I think New Orleans is going to have to throw the ball to uh, to score some points in this game. Definitely I don't think, have to score points. Yeah, I know Herbert ran the ball really well against them last week. I think Kamara is going to have to have another another reception filled game for them to to uh, have a shot to win this game. And I just think Tampa might shut that down a little bit. So I like Tampa and, and the under in this game. All right. So I got Saints plus six. Scott has Tampa Bay minus five. We both hit under 50. What do you think, Chad? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna rock with uh Scott here. I like uh you know, I think Tampa Bay, they're just offensively are just so elite right now. Um I just they're they're gonna score points and I I just what I've seen every week from them offensively, I'm gonna keep riding this offensive uh wave they're on. And then I'm gonna go the other way. I'm gonna go over 49 and a half here. Whoa. Um, I think this is going to be high, higher scoring. You know, I think uh, Jameis with that uh, Tampa Bay secondary is going to get get his shots, you know, and I think, uh, you know, 31-21 right there, 52 points. Uh, you know, 35-21, 35-17. That might – yep, that's all 52. Uh, I think we're gonna be right right in there on this one. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Bucks minus five, and I'm gonna go over 49 and a half. And I think the other thing that you got to remember is Brady's first game as a Buck was against New Orleans, and they lost yeah. that game. Brady remembers those things, and that oh, yeah. spurs him a little bit. So I, I think that he's gonna want to uh, play at an optimum level, and they got a bye week next week, so they want to go into the bye on a on a nice positive note. And I think that's yeah. And not only that, they got some cupcake games coming up. So if they can win this one going to the bye, man, they are sitting, I mean, in a beautiful spot. Uh, when you look at their, their upcoming games after the bye week, they go uh, Washington football team, New York Giants, uh, Colts, and then a conference game against the Falcons. I mean, that's a pretty clean – yeah, pretty, pretty clean four coming up there. Yeah. All right, so I think it's going to be a big challenge for Dennis Allen, uh, the coordinator, and uh, and uh, Sean Payton, who uh, likes to put his hands on the defense a little bit, especially when it's in a defensive uh, – uh, when it's a, a – um, division opponent, right? And really, uh, Dennis Allen is Greg Williams. Greg Williams, I'm sure, got a call this summer to figure out something against Brady. So it's going to be interesting to see. So we have a split decision. Scott say 
Scott, and she has a Tampa Bay minus five, under 49 and a half, over 49 and a half, right? No, actually, Chad's over 49 and a half. Scott and I are under 50, right? Yep. And I'm going with your New Orleans Saints at home as a home dog, right? Love to see, I'm going to figure out Champagne's record as a home dog. Now, Sunday night, almost every single Sunday night game has gone over. Right? So... Dallas, let me know, guys, if I'm right. It's been a long day. Dallas is at Minnesota. And it's Dallas minus two, and the over-under is 55. Yep. What do you think, Scott? Um, Kirk Cousins in primetime games is not good, Kirk Cousins. He's, he's, um, his record in primetime games is not very good. Um. But how is Dak going to be with this calf injury that he has? Is he going to come back and be strong? Is he just going to sit in the pocket, throw the ball, or is he going to hand it off a lot? Um, I think Dallas's offense, if Dak is fine, which I think he's going to be, is probably the best offense in the NFC right now. They have the running game. They got the passing game. They got weapons all over the field. The defense is, is pretty good. They turn the ball. They turn teams over. Um, so I'm going to say this is going to be a track meet. I think both teams are going to have to throw the ball to, to win the game. I think this game is going the over. I like Dallas um, on the money line. I think Dallas is going to win this game. Um, so I'm going to take Dallas, the money line, and I'm going to take Dallas over the 55 points. I think this is going to be north of 60. Oh, so I like this game in a shootout for sure. Because both teams are going to have to throw. If Dallas gets up by two touchdowns, Minnesota's going to have to throw the ball. If uh, Minnesota gets up by two touchdowns on the, on the shoulders of Dalvin Cook, Dallas is going to have to throw the ball. Dallas has a lot of weapons on the field. Minnesota's defense has not shown me to be very, very good this year. Right, They've struggled uh, on the back end in the secondary, so – um, C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, Dalton Schultz, and even Zeke coming out of the backfield can catch some balls. So I think this is exactly what Dallas wants in offensively. They can be balanced both sides. They'll be on the field a lot. Minnesota likes this too because they can throw the ball around. Dalvin Cook can catch some balls, stuff like that. So I definitely like this in the shootout and Dallas winning the game. So money line and, and over. Yeah, I kind of I like that because – the Vikings, there's a definite coaching mismatch here, right? People are raving about the Dallas offensive uh, coordinator, right? More. Uh, and the offensive coordinator for Minnesota is Gary Kubiak's son. The defensive coordinator for uh, the Vikings is Zimmer's son. Uh, defensive coordinator for Dallas is Quinn, who's a former head coach and won a Super Bowl with Pete Carroll in Seattle. So it really seems like a coaching mismatch. Both teams are coming off a bye. And we're talking scheme, right? Different plans for different parts of the season. It really seems like McCarthy is scheming for each team. And I think McCarthy has an advantage 
we talked about here in the podcast, Zimmer is just picking games by himself. <laughs> yeah, and the other There's thing you think people. of yeah, and the other thing you think of national broadcast Sunday night game, right? They want a lot of points and a lot of offense in those games. Right. So right. all these games have gone over. So I like yeah. that. I like Dallas on the Monday line because it's gonna be a crazy game over 55. I'm gonna agree with that. What do you think? Uh Chad. Yeah, Cowboys money line all day. Um, I like that a lot. I think they'll they'll win this game. And then you guys you guys switched me. I was gonna go under the 55 here, but after listening to you guys, listening to Sunday night games, how they've been going, um, primetime game, you know, what the league wants necessarily. They definitely want point want points here. We got an indoor arena, a controlled environment there. Right. Where the Vikings play. Um both coming off bye weeks. So you know where you know both teams are fresh right. legs wise. Um so yeah, I think we're gonna get a lot of points here. And you know. I like the Cowboys to get a little lead in this game and looking at the Vikings, um, you know, with Kirk cousins, you know, with Justin Jefferson and Thielen, um, you know, they can throw that thing around and if they're down three or four scores, it's not necessarily like not their strong suit to throw the ball around and and maybe even opens them up to play more loose and get a big play in the passing game by those guys to even add to that over. So I like that. I like that over 55. I think it's going to be, we're going to see a lot of points in that one. Um, and Cowboys won the game, so. Yeah, and look right. at Minnesota right before the bye week, too. 34-28 against Carolina of all teams. So, right. they're giving points up, so. Yeah, if you're – if Carolina can score on you, Dallas is going to be able to score on you. And Carolina scored late. You can see the defense was tired. Yep. So, how tired is that Dallas offensive line going to make those guys? If they could not handle Carolina, right? So. Yep. We all agree. I guess this will be our uh, ESPC podcast Monday Night Game of the Week. Right. We're all agreeing on it spontaneously. How about them boys, Dallas Cowboys, uh, on the money line, over 55. Right? And, again, this is a game that normally would go under, right? Dallas trying to control the game with the offensive line. Limit the possessions that the defense has to face playing that zone and Zimmer being a defensive guy running at the death, establishing the running game for no reason, keeping the game under. But if you live in the past, you die in the past. So this game has totally changed as far as, yeah, this is going over, but bet it now because people love betting overs and that line is going to go up and people love betting Dallas. Mm -hmm. People love betting Dallas. So you're going to make more money betting that game as you hear the sound of our voice. So Sunday's the 31st, Halloween, everybody's out partying. Monday, they should have gone to work, maybe not. Uh, I'm thinking Goodell, the social engineers, are going to engineer a blowout. That's not going to go over, though. It's going to be Chiefs minus 10. That's a high number, but the Chiefs are – that much better than the Giants. And the Giants really haven't scored for a few weeks. When actually last three games, the 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 Giants score, the Giants played. They did not score while the game was competitive. They scored a lot of points against Dallas, but the game was over. Same thing against the Rams. They scored late when the game was over. And last week they did not score against Carolina. It was that Darnold gave the ball away. So this game's going to go under. So Chiefs minus 10 
on Monday night under 52. What do you think, Scott? So the Chiefs have heard all week how washed up they are. Right. How uh, teams have figured them out on defense. Um, you know, that Mahomes is is making mistake after mistake after mistake, which he is, which he is. I, I, I agree with that. This is going to be primetime national showcase game. Kansas City is going to light up the scoreboard. They're going to go up and down, up and down. It won't go over. It'll stay under because I don't think Giants are going to score a ton. I think Kansas City is going to put low 30s up. I think the Giants are going to get to 14 to 17. So again, this is, as Chad said last week, this is not the Kansas City of 2019, 2020 that you've seen. Yeah. But I think this could be a 31-17 game, and I think Mahomes and Kelsey and Hill can shine in this game. This is ten, tends to be when Kansas City plays their best games against teams that have not seen them regularly and don't, you know, and don't play them every year or every other year. So I go with Kansas City, um, and I go with the under. I, I just think that the Giants are way in over their heads in this game and, and won't be able to compete. They'll score probably a late touchdown, a couple of late touchdowns, but nothing significantly to to, to alter um, the spread or the over under. So, yes, and uh, I have a client from South Dakota. He's a rancher, and I was going on my uh, rant about people not being able to change because of something he was going through. He's like, "People don't change." Smart old man rancher dude. People don't change unless they have to. Andy Reid has not had to change. And he only schemes for home games and division games, right? He has a little extra for home division games. That's the way he thinks. He doesn't have to change because he won the Super Bowl two years ago. He was in the Super Bowl last year. They spent a lot of money to get a brand new offensive line. So he's not budging. But this is a home, home game for him. So he's going to scheme. And this will be a different Chiefs team within season. And we've gone through the first part of the season where coaches are adding things, as we saw with Belichick last week. What do you think, Chad? Yeah, I agree. I love it. Chiefs minus nine and a half, under 52. I think this is day after Halloween, boring game. Chiefs beat them handily. Giants, inferior opponent. This is just set up for the Chiefs to uh, to win this one. And the defense has looked a little better, better in the last few weeks. Um since that Bills loss. So I love that, you know, the Chiefs defense will be all right here, be able to keep, you know, Giants under 17. Uh, so yeah, I like under 52, Chiefs minus nine and a half. Great show, boys. 100%. 100%. We're going to figure out the consensus picks, which will be really, really well. And I'll post them on Twitter uh, before the games on Sunday. Uh, I like what we have. It feels really, really good. What do you think, Scott? Final words? Yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, you know, we had some differences, but we've had a lot of uh, consensus, and, and uh, all three of us are on the same same uh, pick line and over-under. So I think it could be a good week. I think this is the week maybe our percentages start going up and we get to that 70 75%. So. Right. One week we'll hit over 80%. What I'm predicting. One week we'll get over 80%. As luck evens out, yep. all the bad luck, believe it or not, probably all at once, right? Uh, man, yep. we had a lot of information, a lot of good information. 
uh, money line pick of the week, seven and zero. We got Dallas this week, and you do not have to pay Action Sports three hundred dollars a month. You get information. You get more information. Really, what you need to digest from what all the information we read and talk to the people that play in the league and so on and so forth. So uh, you don't have to pay fifty, a hundred, a thousand dollars for a fictitious gaslighting lock, right? When you know that probability theory only gets to 80%. You don't have to do that. Just listen to the podcast, right? Uh, 25 straight weeks of profit, more than a thousand percent ROI, right? Better than Robinhood, Wall Street bets. We're giving you that type of investment advice. And like Winston Churchill said, you make a living from your labor, but you make a life from what you live. Thank you for listening to the ESBC Podcast Network. That's why this one goes cost $800 and that goes to